Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of No Holds Bar. Today I'm joined on the line by David from Florida. How are you doing, mate? Hey, mate. I'm doing really good. Thank you. Now, you probably already picked up that David isn't an American national, no, natural American, uh, as in born and bred there. You come from Tottenham originally, don't you? Yeah, that's right. Um, but I'm dual citizen. I took citizenship here as well uh, in 2012. So I'm, I'm dual national, effectively. So how does that work? Does that like when you say dual national? Do you mean you have to be there, married to someone, and you get a right to to, to a, a, a right to stay and work? There, there's, that... there's various ways uh, to do it. Um, and in my case, I was or I am married to uh, an American citizen, and um, uh, a couple of three or four years after um, we married, I thought it would be a good idea. I didn't want to. I didn't want to make it look as if I just married for a for a citizenship because that looked really bad. So, you know, we hung on for a long time, and then. Um, uh, applied for the citizenship ship. and if you've already got legal status uh, with a green green card or a permanent resident card or whatever, the process is a lot easier if you're married to become a citizen. Um, but obviously, there are steps you have to go through. And uh, what is that um, process? Is it is it to prove that your relationship is legitimate? Well, yeah, frankly, it's to get the green card in the first place was really difficult. I mean, it was not easy to say the least. There was a lot of money, a lot of time involved um, to get that initial uh, right to stay here and work here. Um, to become a citizen was relatively easier um, because, if my dogs bark, I apologize. I've Don't worry, dog. I've got one as well. Oh my God, this dog is just like a <laughs> just bark monster. But to get, um, to get the citizenship, it was um, very much a case of, look, you know, they've already got all my details on file. So they really, they check your background to make sure that between coming in and getting the green card 
and, and becoming a citizen, you haven't done anything untoward that would uh, negate your application. Um, and then really, it, it's you fill in the forms, you send in a picture, you send in a cheque, that's the most important thing I get. And, um, and then you have to undergo various little tests. You go up for an interview, and then once the interview is, is completed, this is at the immigration offices, mm. the local one. Um, and then you have to go back again for uh, your uh, effectiveness examination, and you have to you have to answer up to ten questions on American um, uh, history, if you like. They're trying to work out whether or not you have taken the time to assimilate yourself into the the country and know a little bit about its history. Um, they also want to know that you can read and write English, so you actually have to write out a sentence that they they speak to you. You have to read out a sentence that they provide to you. And you have to get, I think it was six out of ten of the questions right. They call it ethics. I can't remember what they call it um, now, such a long time ago. As long as you get six out of ten, you're in. You're okay. And then they invite you back uh, a couple of months later for the swearing-in ceremony, which is kind of neat. But it was a lot easier to get citizenship than it was to get the green card. And I get that because obviously they're trying to make sure that they weed out the problem before it becomes... You know, before you actually come in legally and you've got that green card, it's more difficult to to get you out. So they try and weed you out at the beginning rather than, you know, if you've been here 10, 15 years, they kind of figure that you're uh, you're going to be OK and you're not going to cause any problems. So that, that's really how that worked. Um, the reason why we're talking to David today is because he listened to a podcast we did with Jamie Hubble uh, about last week at some point, who was an Englishman living in Chicago. And I was asking him questions that he, he didn't really have an answer for because you know he didn't know the answer. He wasn't. He's not been in the country long enough. Um, but a lot, part of it was about politics, and you can't talk to someone in America without immediately thinking about their political landscape currently. And it was weird because I was I was ask, asking one of my American friends if he knew anybody who voted for Trump and was pro Trump. And he said he didn't, not in his social circles. And you contacted me through Twitter, I think it was, saying that I'm an, I'm a, an expat Englishman. I, I vote for Trump and um, I, I I carry a gun. I have guns. Would, would you like to talk to me? And I was like, yeah, of course, absolutely. And that's, that's what we're doing here because um, it's so, from an outside perspective, the opinion of Donald Trump is very much that he is um a bit of a buffoon in england this is what 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 people think the way he kind of he's reported they highlight the press conferences where he says something that would be considered to be um not political or not not in the way not not politically spoken um and i just want to know really from from the start is like what why do you why do you why did you vote for trump and and uh, and what is the public perception of him there as far as you understand I think it's a very polarising subject. There's no question about that. Um, unfortunately, there is no grey area in politics in this country anymore. Um, there used to be, a, you know, left, right, and you meet in the middle to get things done. Now it's Trump and the rest, the, the Democrats versus the Republicans. There is, there's no middle ground. No one is, is prepared to even really discuss anything together. It's a very sad state of affairs. Um, my own particular Republican leanings um, stem from the fact that prior to coming to the States, back in the mid-80s, early 80s, I was a, 
a gun owner in England. I had a firearm certificate, shotgun certificate, and I had a, a fairly decent collection of firearms that I used to shoot at various gun clubs around where I lived. Um, totally law-abiding, no problem at all. Um, and then, of course, after the, I think it was the Dunblane massacre, um, you know, obviously the, the knee-jerk reaction was, oh, let's ban everything, you know, blimey. And of course, at that time, I had to surrender the firearms I had or sell them or whatever it was. And, you know, that, that, that really rankled, I think. Um, so coming into a country where gun control is, well, guns are fairly freely available, um, as long as you, you, you keep your nose clean and you don't have a, a background issue, um, was refreshing to me. It was very, it was very weird, I must say, when I first came here to to find people carrying guns, guns in the car, guns in the house, and whatever. It was, it really was quite uh, eye-opening. But now, after so long, I don't even really consider uh, having guns in the house or having a gun. You know, I mean, the nearest gun I've got to me right now is about ten foot away, um, and there's various guns sprinkled around the house. Um, and Trump being a Republican and the Republican being very much... Don't start, dogs. And the, the uh, Republicans being very much on the side of the set, protecting the Second Amendment and um, looking after the interests of gun owners. It was a natural fit for me to, if you like, register as a Republican when I had the ability to vote, which you don't get until you become a citizen. Um, and that just happened to be at the time when Obama was uh, just coming towards the end of his... Uh, no, actually, 2012, that's right. He, uh, he's just coming in for his second term. Um, so we sat through, sat through that for four years and then waited for whoever the Republican nominee was going to be. And we sat through all of those amazing debates they have. There was 18 Republican candidates for, for the presidential nomination. And Trump was just struck a chord with a lot of people Myself, my wife, who's from the Midwest, who's a strong Republican, always has been most of her life. So there's an influence there, obviously. Um, and then you just looked at some of these buffoons, effectively, who, who were up against him. And then you realised that this guy, he, he was not a political animal. He is not a career politician. He hasn't sat there for 30 years milking the public purse, um, you know, pontificating about stuff that never gets done um he spoke the common language he spoke the common like the common man uh, and yeah now i'm gonna say he says stupid things he says absolutely dumbass things he, he he uses twitter way too much he doesn't seem to fact check very often and it causes problems i get it but bottom line is i really believe that he has the interest of this country at his heart, and that what he does and what he says, albeit it's misconstrued or he's said it in such a way that there's no choice other than for it to be misconstrued, um, is the generally the right thing. And, and, and as I say, the polarisation in terms of the support is very strong. You, you know, we've got right now, I mean, my wife is uh, um, one of these Republican uh people who goes to the Republican office and does the calling up to make sure the votes are going to go through for the whatever election comes up. So as soon as um, he declared for the 2020 vote, you know, we've got the poster, we've got the posters out on our front yard or whatever you call it. We've got the car stickers, we've got the hats, we've got all of that. I don't, but if I wear a Trump t-shirt to work, for instance, I've never been told not to, but you can tell from 
the looks you get that it wouldn't take much for somebody to go to personnel or HR or whatever and, and have have a word with them. And that is where I find it disturbing is that this 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 intense dislike, it's not for the Republican Party, it's for the man himself. And the only reason I can think it is because he's just not one of them. He's not one of them. And, you know, the Democrats have spent, what, four years? They were trying to impeach him before he even got had his inauguration. It, it is just a personality clash. They don't like him. He's not one of them. And they're going to do everything they can to bring him down. In the meantime, they're doing nothing for the country, yet he has done so much. You know, the, the, the phrase over here is promises made, promises kept. And you tell me what he hasn't done. You know, OK, the, the economy was booming before the coronavirus. That's not his fault. I think he's, he's managed it quite well. But that is a legacy thing which, which, which probably will not haunt him because it wasn't his fault. And I think that in the next four years, he's going to turn it around and we'll be back to where we were. That's my personal view. I, I cannot see any reason why I would ever vote Democrat because it seems that all they want to do is give stuff away thinking it's free, this is free, that's free. But no one realises that bottom line is someone's got to pay for it. And the people who pay for it are the people who are working and paying their taxes. They want to give everything free to the people who are not working. Now, that's can, hardly fair. Can, can you understand why people dislike him from, uh, think, uh, uh, from, from you know, just every man, rather than, than Democrats and politicians, why, why he would be disliked elsewhere? What's your theory on that? I think he, he's, he's disliked because he's... Uh, he's been a very successful businessman. He has um, married a stunning-looking woman. No, 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 I don't mind that. Um, he, he's been a successful businessman. Okay, he got a leg up from his father to start with, but, you know, who, who doesn't in that situation? You're going to get, you know, an inheritance or whatever or a loan from your dad to start. He took the money. He's been bankrupt. A couple, or his companies have been bankrupt a couple of times. Um, but bottom line, he's a successful businessman with um with, with with an attitude which rankles people and i think his mannerisms his his way of speaking his delivery upsets people and and you know there's been various things that people have said about what he may or may not have said about women in a derogatory term i don't defend that i don't condone that i've heard recordings of it I, i'm you know what's done is done we've all made mistakes but the fact is, he's now the head of the biggest country, well, one of the biggest countries in the world, very powerful individual in that position. And, and I can see why people don't like him. Um, and I don't think it's just down to party lines. I think it's just that he, he really polarizes people in a way that they just take a dislike to him, regardless of his political leanings. They just don't like him. They've seen him on the TV. They've seen him on The Apprentice. And, and they, they, they've, I think they've, a lot of people have effectively um, fostered an opinion of him that is unfair, purely from his TV appearances, purely from his Twitter account, purely from things like that, which have, have alienated him to, you know, 50% of the population. And let's be fair, it's more or less 50-50 in terms of how people voted. Um, so, yes, I do get it. I can understand why he upsets people, why he rankles people. But... Um, I, 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 I try and get people to look through that. But people just, you know, very blinkered, I think, sometimes. And there's nothing you can do to change their mind. It, it doesn't. If, if Donald Trump was a Democrat, they wouldn't vote for him. It's that strong, you know. Mm. It's a shame.
I think um, I think he would benefit massively for being less front facing. You know, do what's politically in, uh, and 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 what's required of him to do his job, but spend less time in the eye and spend less time in uh, tweet uh, tweeting and stuff, and then maybe just the work that he he does will will speak for itself. But so much of how he got elected was based on his charisma and and the way he spoke that resonated with a, a, a well, majority depending on which way you look at it but you know the fact is he got elected and um you know that's about about how people think that it's they he taught like they did that he was a he was more like one of them than, than a politician and and to to some degree although you know laying my cards on the table I wouldn't have voted for Donald Trump and I don't I don't massively like him or his politics but but I can understand why it resonated with people because I'm I get sick of listening to our politicians skirt around questions, um, you know, n- just never answer anything. And part of that's because our press will run them over the coals if they say a single thing wrong. Um, and I kind of, <clears throat> there is a part of me that respects the fact that he, he doesn't do that and he got elected not doing that. Um, can I get you, get, go back to the guns thing? Mm, sure, sure. So was part of the reason why you moved to America because you were so upset about having your arms taken from you in the UK? No, no, not at all. Um, uh, I moved over here with uh, um, my girlfriend at the time. Uh, we intended to start a business over here and um, the, uh, the business didn't take hold um, and we went our separate ways. So this was... 20, you know, 18 years ago or whatever, and um, uh, it had it had nothing to do with, with that at all. It was an I used to work in the city, um, in the city of London for my, ever since leaving school. I worked in investment banking, so I was, you know, in with some of the big American companies. I'd, I've been to the states many times on business, loved it over here, uh, and for many years we had, with my previous wife, we had uh, holidayed down in this part of, of the world, loved it saw an opportunity to uh, start a business, took the opportunity, and it, it didn't work out. I mean, I'm not going to go into details. It didn't no, work out. But uh, as a result of that relationship, I met my wife, and uh, we've been married 12 years now. So, uh, you know, every cloud has a silver lining. The guns were just really something that I, I, was just a, a bonus for me. I mean, I, I, I went a little bit mad, I think, when I had the ability to purchase a firearm, um, I went a bit mad. I did buy quite a few guns, and they were sitting in my safe for a long time. Didn't shoot them, and then I realised, you know, what is the point of this? Because if you're not shooting them, you're not, you know, you're not going to the range with them. They're just sitting in there as safe queens. There's a lot of money tied up there, and I culled them. I took. Yeah, them, sorry. I, can I, I just, ask you how much? How much was the value of those guns in your safe, approximately? Oh, God, Lord, I don't know. Well, if you if you say a handgun, like the cheapest handgun you can probably get is a Glock for about, say, 600 bucks. Uh, so it goes from there. I mean, I had revolvers, Smith & Wesson revolvers, 357, 44s, 38s, and whatever else. And the revolvers, a little bit more expensive. I had a couple of um, ARs, uh, numerous Which shotguns. an assault rifle. Well, I mean, the AR actually stands for Armalite rifle. Everyone okay. calls it an assault rifle, but AR is actually Armalite, I believe, Armalite rifle. Assault is just a, a colloquial term that people, the press of, uh, you know, every time there's a... Every time there's a shooting, oh, it's an assault rifle, military style. Well, whatever, I'm not going to get involved with that. But, mm. um, you know, I culled them down. I probably had probably maybe $10,000 worth of firearms sitting in the safe at one point. 
now I've got I've got maybe three handguns and two shotguns and a and a home defense shotgun which is hidden in the house just in case. Um, so I, I've really scaled down a lot. Yeah, um, fair enough. What when you when you say you had like the, when you said to me that you had um, guns scattered around the house, <laughs> you can appreciate from my perspective how abnormal that sounds because you're from England, so you you know that. You know our, our culture and 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 how guns never come into our lives because we, unless you're you, you seek it like you did with gun clubs and stuff, or you're you're a hunter or or you're um you're you're a farmer and you shoot peasants uh, whatever it is like peasants 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 shoot peasants definitely definitely don't shoot peasants pheasants or um or foxes work for killing your livestock yeah, yeah. Uh, but um. It's when you say scattered around that. Why? Why are they scattered around the house? Like, I think and, because you know, let's, you, let's not mince words. America is a dangerous place. I mean, you do not know what might happen. People might break in. There are there are they call them home invasions here. People just break in. Uh, you don't know. Uh, and there's been a lot of you know. There's a lot of crazies here. But I think as as Cal said on the boxing podcast that I was listening to earlier on, you know, America is a lot more people, a lot more crazies. Britain has crazies. Not so many people. Not so many crazies. Mm. Um, so you don't know. So the so the whole point of the Second Amendment is is that you have that ability to protect yourself, your family, your home, your castle, if you like. So, you know, I have I have um, a home defense shotgun. Uh, which what, what's is, that? Is, what's a home? That's defense like a basically it's like a, an eighteen inch barrel pump gun, um, pump shotgun, twelve gauge. Which if somebody broke in. Um, really, I'm hoping just the sound of racking that gun and putting a shell in the chamber would make someone think twice about... Would that be loud? Yes, because you'd make sure you just pulling that chamber back and, and or pulling the, uh, the the forearm back and, and engaging that that um, shell into the chamber is a very distinctive sound. People will know you've got a shotgun in the dark. They will probably bolt. Mm. Um you know, I have uh, at night time, there's, there's a handgun on my uh, bedside. They call it nightstands here. I still call it a bedside table. Um, there's, there's my gun there. And, well, uh, then, so, and it's just lying on the side? It's, well, it's just underneath the shelf. So I've got the shelf where I keep my iPhone charging or whatever, and just underneath that <laughs> is a gun. Uh, on top, is a gun. Um, <laughs> um, I've got another I, one. Can, is it loaded? Yeah, it's not chambered, but they're loaded, yeah. So and explain what chambered means? So, so, I, so I've got. I've got bullets in the magazine, but I haven't racked the gun back to put a bullet in the chamber ready for fire. Right. So if you pulled the trigger, nothing would happen. Exactly. Okay. Um, and and that's, got, but you can do got, that quite quickly if someone comes into your house. Yes. Yeah. And again, the sound is very distinctive. I, I would always hope. I've never had to use or even threaten. And I hope I, hope I never, ever have to. I would never want to put myself in a position like that. Um, but, you know, everybody I know owns a gun everybody i know carries a gun um it's part of especially down here much more republican area down here much more um second amendment nra members down here who you know who carry hold have possess um and you know i have one that my carry gun is a smaller gun which um i can't take it into work because they do get a bit upset about that obviously but it travels with me in the car. So if I leave home in the morning, the gun's in my pocket and it goes in the car. And when I leave work, obviously it's there as well. Um, it's just become part and parcel now. I just, I just don't even think about it. It's so natural. 
um, to, you, to, to have it with me. Should you go out and you're, you get carjacked or yeah. someone points a gun at you, wouldn't yeah. the most sensible thing to be definitely don't point a gun at that person? I think it would all depend on the circumstance. Yes, I, I would agree with you, uh, but it really depends on um, the, the situation. If I felt that he had the one up on me, or let's say I had my wife in the car at the time, I would probably just get out the car and say, here's the keys, you know, I, I can replace a car. Mm. Um, if he was off his face on something, crack or talcum, uh, not uh, bal salts or whatever it is they're taking now, mm. um, then, you know, you'd have to evaluate it, I think, uh, as, it, as, it, um, as it unfolded. We had a situation here about maybe 18 months, two years ago, where a cop uh, on, the, on the interstate or, or the motorway, if you like, had um, called somebody over um, for whatever it was. That guy got out of his car, even though you're not supposed to, and advanced upon the officer and had effectively um, got him on the ground, got the officer on the ground, and he was beating seven shades of shit out of this um, officer. And a motorist stopped, um, pulled his gun and ran over, and the officer said, take him out, take him out, he's going to kill me. And the guy shot the, the, the guy who was attacking the officer. Um, and then there was a, there was a, you know, the guy was exonerated from any wrongdoing because they found the guy was actually high on something or other, had an arrest warrant out for him, had a huge list of, of previous, and um, you know, it was that wasn't the guy being attacked. He was in the right place or the wrong place at the right time or the wrong time, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, and he protected the life of that officer. So that there's not, it's not just the case of if you get carjacked. It's if you have the ability to help somebody else. No, I, I fully, I fully appreciate that there will be instances where um, that that having a gun as well would be advantageous. Um, but I, I guess there is an argument that ha removing all guns uh, w would would solve these issues as well. Um, and possibly, I mean, I, I think probably I'm indoctrinated to the point where I kind of believe the old adage that it's not guns that kill people it's people that kill people now that's a, a lot more very... people kill them if they've got guns <laughs> uh, yeah i also think that if 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 somebody wants to kill somebody they don't have to necessarily use a gun there's a lot of other things out there that will kill not probably not as effectively or mm. quickly but if you want to kill somebody you're going to kill somebody guns just probably make it a little easier or quicker um, the, the shotgun you mentioned you had at home, What if you shot someone, what's the range on that? That one's probably not very far, um, 15, 10, 20, 20, 15 20 yards, if that. And if you hit someone at 10 feet, would that cause massive amounts of damage? Yes, yeah. But, like what? How? If you hit them in the chest, would you blow a hole through them? You probably would, yeah. And they would die? Yeah, I mean, the reason why people use shotguns with short barrels um, for home defense is that the, the pellet pattern is going to scatter much wider very quickly. Um, the, the issue with when, when you talk to people about home defense, they say that something like a uh, handgun or an AR, let's say, um, if you use that for uh, home defense, and let's say you have to take a shot at somebody in your house, such is the trajectory of that or the ballistics of the bullet of a handgun or specifically an AR, that that thing, because we don't have we don't have bricks and mortar down here, uh, our houses are wood framed. Um, they're worried that the bullet is going to travel through your house, through the wall, 
through the wall of your next door neighbour and take somebody out next door. Can, so that shotgun, could happen with a power. That could happen. That could happen. Yeah, because these houses are flimsy. You know, God knows how we withstand the hurricanes every year, but they're not built to the same sort of standard that you get in the UK. Mm. You know, all my houses in the UK were bricks, mm. proper bricks. You know, these are not. They're wood frame and the um, uh, drywall and, and whatever. It's a, yeah. so so a bullet's going to go through the wall, and it probably end up going through next door's wall if it's close enough. Mm. And um, so a shotgun is is, is more of a um, a tool that is is close in, close range, and as I say, the sound of it. You know the sound when you rack a shotgun. You know what that means. And that is my, if you like, that's my go-to. If I ever had a problem one night, I'm hoping just that sound would deter somebody and they'd be scarpering off down the front yard, you know. Yeah, because you don't want to actually shoot anybody. No, God, no. God, no. Um, so so what, it, 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 it can't just be, uh, it can't just be self-defense. You might You must get something from owning the guns. I used know, is, to, is, is it a hobby as well? Is it? What, it, it used to be. It used to be a, a, a quite a hobby. I, I would I would shoot competitively, um, um, clay pigeon shooting or skeet shooting. Uh, um, I used to do that quite a lot, um, and then um, I was shooting something called three gun, which is a competition where you shoot rifle, pistol, and shotgun uh, against various types of targets against the clock. I did that for a couple of three years, um, and then. Because you run, they call it run and gun. Uh, so you run in, gun in, reholstering. I mean, it's all very strictly controlled. It's not like the Wild West. But um, and I blew my knee out doing that. I don't know. I took a tumble or whatever, and just stopped doing that. So I don't do that anymore. So the only real shooting I do anymore now is if one of my mates says, "Let's go up to the range," and we'll, you know, there's various gun ranges that are scattered around, either within gun shops or open air ones that the county and the state run. So you can go up and shoot rifle, pistol, shotgun, or whatever. And it's that's an expensive... about just being accurate and hitting a target. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's an expensive business because I mean ammunition is not cheap, and frankly, because of this, I think this coronavirus pandemic has caused a run on ammunition, like toilet roll. Um, people are stocking up. I think they think that you know it's going to be like the Walking Dead if we're not careful. So, you know, two-two ammunition because it's smaller, lighter, and makes less noise. Um, and toilet paper. I don't know why the toilet paper thing, but um, <laughs> you had it here as well. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, stocking up of stuff like that. You can't get soup here, canned soup. You can't get just about get toilet roll now. Ammunition's in short supply. All the stuff that you know we we stock up on prior to a hurricane. Um, it's just survival stuff, you know. So there's no so, limit to how much ammunition you can own. No, there used to be. When I mean, when I had a firearms certificate in England, I, I think I was allowed to own a thousand rounds at home of whatever ammunition I was allowed to carry in the car up to like say 500, but I was only able to purchase like maybe 200. And, and every time you went in and bought stuff, they had to sign the firearm certificate, the, the gun dealer or whatever, the, fire, um, the, the ammunition set here. No, you can go in and you can you know, buy cases and cases of this if you've got enough money. Mm. I thought the, the, the one of the stories that we heard from over here that it's ammunition's cheap. You can go to Walmart and, and pay next you, you, you can certainly go to Walmart. It's, I mean, cheap is, is, is a relative term, of course. I mean, if you want to buy uh, a pack of um, 100 shotgun shells, 12-gauge shotgun shells at Walmart, it'll cost you, last time I did that, was about $22. So what's that in English? Um, about 18 quid. 18 quid for 100 shotgun shells. They're not going to be the most expensive shotgun shells. They're not going to be, the, you know, the top brand, if you like. 
like a. You know, and what difference? Surely they all just get shot out at the end of a gun. What they they all get shot out at the end of a gun. What's the quality? Is, how would the quality be, be different? The, the, the quality of the shell, the quality of the primer. You won't get any misfires if you buy the more expensive stuff. It's it's all relative to what you're doing. If you're just going to go and shoot clay pigeons with your mate for an afternoon, you'll buy the cheapest stuff you can get your hands on. If you if you're going into something like you want specifically for um, hunting, or you want something a little bit more, um, I don't know. Maybe the the shot that's in the in the shell is is made in a different way. I don't know. I, I've never really got involved with the ballistic side oh, of things. Because you're right, it goes bang and stuff comes out the end. <laughs> um, one one things that I I do uh, the the Second Amendment I find fascinating because I can understand why it was included in the first instance which would mean it was to and look i might butcher this completely and we do have american listeners listen to this so forgive me if i get this wrong but my understanding is that it was so that the people the the government will never have more guns or more force than the nation that the people as a nation and it was to prevent a totalitarian government uh and should there need to be a revolt and an uprising that the the people were armed in the same way that the 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 government was so there would never be absolute power. Now, if that is true, and as far as I understand it, I watched this program called John Adams a while back, who's I think was the second or first president. I might be wrong. Um, he, um, I, I can understand that reasoning. I can understand it, but it's so it's not now. Now that there is true democracy in America, that it, it it's not necessary to carry arms to defeat a, a government that's looking to overthrow a nation. Um, I just wonder how why people are so, um, uh, and this might not be you, David, so much, but the, the, the people you meet, I'm sure you meet people who are very passionate about the Second Amendment, perhaps more than any other, uh, and where that passion comes from, do they think? What, 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 how would you best answer that? Oh, that's a really good question, and I think, I think if I was to if I was to be brutally honest, I think the Second Amendment. Um, has been um, adapted. No, adapted is the wrong word. I think it has been um, read in so many different ways that you can make out of it what you want to make it. Um, the Second Amendment, as my understanding, um, was brought about to ensure that the people could defend themselves against um, the state in the event that the state... Um, took up arms against the people that that's i believe that's the the the, uh, the bottom line but i do know that the sec uh, that the supreme court um did say that the the second amendment their view of it their interpretation that's the supreme court is that the the second amendment protects people from with the right to possess a, uh, a gun unconnected with service in i'm reading this actually because i just look at this up again let me just read this as part of its ruling, the Supreme Court wrote the Second Amendment protects an individual right to possess a firearm unconnected with service in a militia and to use that arm for traditionally lawful purposes, such as self-defense within the home. And that was June 2017. That is, that is if you like, where I base the Second Amendment. That's how I see it. Mm. I, because the Second Amendment, as was writ back then was written in a way which was at that time. It's not, it's not necessarily in plain English that we use nowadays, 
and therefore it can be interpreted in any way you like, if you like, but it's enshrined in the constitution of this country and yeah. it's protected as a God-given right. Yeah. I'm not really sure how that works, but it's, it's, it's enshrined as a right and people will live and die for that. Um, to, 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 to overturn an amendment to the constitution would be, it would be I, I don't know, maybe a constitutional crisis in a way if, if, if somebody decided they wanted to try that. That would be yeah. you know, a huge sea change in what is traditionally held as the values of this country. Yeah, it's a very, yeah. very, very difficult subject. Oh to... yeah, and and I'm sure it will it will never happen, and and it, there may be a slowly drip by drip process to it, but certainly a sea change would would be unrealistic. But what I would say to the the issue potentially with that is that the if the the amendments of a country are continually changing to fit the needs of a proportion, then then they are being changed constantly, just not not removed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty fa- fascinating thing, and 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 you're in an you're in an enviable position for for someone like me. Sorry, it's enviable for me to be able to talk to you because you you know both sides. You know what how it is in the UK. Yeah. You know how how strange guns are really here. Yeah. And I'm on the other side. You, you you're there, and you've got you know guns within ten feet of you now, which is completely alien to me of course i'm in my kitchen i can't see naturally can't see any uh, any guns or anything right the idea of something that could cause such devastation if one of the kids got hold of it have you got kids no no all right would 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 you would you be um would you what would you if you did have kids would you do you think you would educate them about them and 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 teach them about guns or would you yes would you definitely yeah, and I would think, you, you know, I would, I would, I would expect if I had kids. I mean, I, I, I do have kids. My kids are both in London. Uh, funnily enough, they're adult children now. They both live in London. But um, um, my, uh, I think if I had young children, uh, I would want them to be comfortable around guns, to respect firearms, and to teach them how to shoot, why to shoot, um, and, and to, to, you know, to respect the firearm. That's the thing. Is it's not a toy. You don't muck around with it. You, you treat it with, with the gravitas that it deserves. Um, that, that's what I would do. Now, we, you know, my wife has, has grandchildren. Uh, and they come round. Uh, you will never see a gun uh, out or available or, you know, little fingers will not be able to ever touch a firearm when we have people around. Yeah. Um, that's just the way it is. You know, I don't. I mean, it might, I don't want to sound cavalier that I just leave guns lying around. That is, that is just not really what I'm trying to say here. What it, I'm it, didn't is, crum, it didn't come across that way. Okay, just, good, yeah. It was just, I was just uh, creating an image because... Yeah, that they yeah. are there that I, if, I, if I need to get hold of one, I can get hold of one. But they're not, you know, they're not hanging off the wall or, you know, sitting on my desk right next to me right now. Um, they're just available should I need them. They're not, they're, no kid or anybody could just going to walk in and pick it up and say, oh, look at this, you know, it, it's just not going to happen. So what you're saying, David, is you're not walking through the house, spinning them on fingers, <laughs> whacking them in the whole stuff, putting them back yeah, yeah. up, chucking them up yeah, in the yeah. end, nothing yeah, like and that. Yeah. And then blowing the end of my fingers going, pew, pew. No, <laughs> it, it's, not, it's not like that, no. <laughs> no, fair enough. David, I want to say thank you so much for sharing with us. You know, the um, No Holds Bar podcast is very much about getting into uh, the lives of other people and how they live them and how they think. And, and I just want to thank you for putting yourself forward because it's been really interesting to talk to you and figure out how... how um, 
you know how how you live your life and, and and how guns play a part and how Trump plays a part and and on and I don't think I don't think many people are so happy to come forward and talk about this because they fear the ridicule or they fear the retribution or the reaction that people have to come out and say you're openly Trump people instinctively think well you're a racist and you hate black people and that's that seems to be from the left side of things where where we're at with it and um if you if I mean like you know that if people knew about who you are or where you are, that may still come. But you know, obviously, give us, we're going to protect that. But 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 what I'm saying is just it's, it's it's I'm really grateful for you coming forward and having a chat with me. It's been really interesting, and uh, that there may be uh, more to come out of it because I'm sure there'll be some reaction to this. Yeah, sure, whatever. I'm um, you know you know how to get hold of me if you need anything else. Just let me know. I'm more than happy to talk. I've, I have no issues. Uh, you know, I I don't think I'm saying anything controversial. You said about you know the point about him being a racist now. You know, he closed the borders in terms of stopping people coming in from China and whatever else when the coronavirus took hold. He stopped people coming in from China because of the virus and was called a racist. How, how, do you, how, do you, how does that compute? You know, that is just nuts. He's protecting this country. He's not um, racist. He's stopping people coming in with viruses. I, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that, I don't think that this, the preventing people coming in from China would prevent the the uh the virus from coming in and uh, someone more cynical might suggest that this was a political play in order to disrupt relations between the two countries oh yeah i've heard that one <laughs> but, but but um uh yeah look um i i i, I try i'm trying my hardest not to get my own opinions into this podcast so i'll leave it there but David, right, mate, thank, no worries. <laughs> thank you so much and um i hope you're well and yeah, uh, no you. doubt speak soon thank you you're all right mate come on you spurs come on you spurs <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.